0: This podcast is brought to you by CBP Seminars at www.idealspine.com, or you can reach us by phone at 800-346-5146. Also brought to you by Dr. Fred Domenico of Elite Coaching, phone number 253-851-8353, www.elitecoachingllc.com, as well as postrico.com. We have a new iPhone app out there, and since you guys are listening to iTunes, I suggest you browse over to the iTunes uh, directory and type in Posture Screen Mobile. We have the first ever posture screening application out of all 300,000 applications on iTunes. Best of all, it's free. So Posture Screen Mobile is your choice for everything from in-office to your spinal screenings. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started.
1: Hello everybody, this is Dr. Fred D. elite lead coach in We have Dr. Deed Harrison, a CVP, and Dr. Joe Ferantelli, a posture co. Welcome to another adventure, yeah, quite the adventure. <laughs> on iTunes That's of uh, covering technique, the latest research technique on truly how to fix spines along with the management, practice growth, and philosophy and principle. Times 10. That's what we're about here. So tonight. What we're going to talk about is really having the clinical confidence to know what you're looking at, know exactly how to get the best results clinically, and how to be able to communicate that to a patient so that there is no doubt in their mind. They are buying your authority. You speak with confidence in your body language and tone. So why don't we just start with uh, the clinical part, Dee, and, and let us know what you think. What well... people. Well, well, thanks, Fred, for the great introduction. And uh,
2: again, everybody, we're Chiropractic United, uh, and you can find us online at www.chiropracticunited.com for uh, more information. But really what I'd like to do is uh, just have Fred uh, introduce why this topic came out today. Just briefly, if you can, without naming names, uh, Dr. Fred, if you can just present what happened uh, this week on a, a a consultation call that you were doing?
1: Well, lead coaching, as we all know, is takes CVP and spinal corrective procedures. That's what it's about. It's about helping people become confident. So I get a lot of people um, you know I'm very blessed and thanks to Deed and the CBP team because I speak so much that I sit through about one hundred and fifty to two hundred hours of CVP seminars a year, so and coming from, uh, you know, using that in the 90s in practice and being a pediball instructor and now having the tremendous opportunity to learn from the best people in the world in this technique is truly an honor. So let me let me say that. So, so elite clients and people outside of elite call me continually when they have problems and we continually get, you know, I'm doing this traction, but I'm not seeing curve correction. I'm putting head weights on them, but they're not responding. And you know we get so focused on the nemesis of chiropractic, which we think is the cervical curve, when in reality, the cervical curve comes off the thoracic kyphosis. And very few people pay attention to the thoracic spine, when in reality, when you look at the postural patterns, a lot of cervical problems are secondary. And so I get these calls, and then I ask questions. Well, did you look at the thoracic spine? And it is amazing, and you can answer this, Dee. the high percentage of times that that cervical problem is really a thoracic problem and people are bashing on the cervical spine doing all this stuff with no results.
2: Yeah, that, that's true. And, and in fact, it, it, it may actually be that you just have to address some of the thoracic hypokyphosis or hyperkyphosis at the same time you're addressing the cervical traction or the cervical setups. The, the real problem is, I mean, this dates back till to the late 1980s, and people learned a, a simplified version of extension traction to correct the cervical lordosis and what we now call today spinal remodeling type of traction procedures. Uh, because when you use the word traction, people oftentimes misinterpret it with Distraction or longitudinal traction. So spine remodeling traction might actually be a better term, but we'll we'll try to l- use the term extension traction or spine remodeling when we refer to it here in, so we don't create confusion. the The problem is we we only had simplified versions of extension traction back in the late 1980s, and people that were trained in the late 80s and even through the 90s they didn't realize. The types of cases that respond to the type of traction that they're using for extension traction, and so what happened is people uh, gravitated towards maybe their favorite version of extension traction, or maybe the the one that they were personally involved with inventing. And I don't mean to you know pick on those that invented the track or the extension traction device, but that's kind of what happened. And it wasn't until the late 1990s and early 2000s where we started really looking at the force applications that these extension traction type procedures and devices applied to the spine. And we started to figure out that, hey, it's not a one-size-fit-all type of setup in extension traction devices. So the problem was the doctors that were trained prior to the year 2000, which is really most CBP doctors, when they were exposed to it, they, they learned simple versions of extension traction, or they, they learned maybe some of the bigger versions, but they didn't learn when when and where they were appropriate and when and where they were inappropriate. and And this is really what has come about today. We're still facing this problem where people don't look at the specific force applications and positions that these extension traction devices put the patient in. And the classic example is the, the really one of the original units, which has application to what we're talking about with a flattened thoracic kyphosis. And this is the compression extension traction device developed by uh, Dr. Dwight DeGeorge and his partner back in the day, Dr. Tony Gambali. And they called it the Regainer Traction Chair System back in the day. Now, while it was a great device for its time, people forgot what it was doing to the thoracic spine. You laid in this chair, and it had a, a slight tilt to the thoracic piece, and you laid over it, and the thoracic piece kind of hit you maybe in the mid to upper thoracic spine, and it translated your thorax forward relative to the pelvis, and then when you laid your head back over it and added extension compression loading to the head and neck, it actually flattened out the thoracic curve, and people failed to look at what the thoracic spine was actually looking or looking like in the individual patient. They just assumed that the person had hyper or increased thoracic kyphosis with posterior thoracic translation. And when they applied these devices, oftentimes they didn't get the results they wanted because they were actually flattening out the thoracic kyphosis even more. And we now know how to assess people appropriately for this this device. You you, you can't just one size fit all with these things. And the other issue is with this original device, which is what a lot of chiropractors are using in office and at home, uh, which I'll tell you what the home versions are in a minute, but the other issue is that they, they didn't look at the upper cervical spine. The upper cervical spine might be in some, some uh, mild increased extension, skull atlas, atlas C1, while the rest of the spine is kyphotic or uh, straight, even a hypolordosis And extension compression traction uh, devices to remodel the curve, they increase the upper cervical uh, joint angles in extension. So even though you might want to put – the, the lower cervical spine and compression extension traction, you can't do it because it creates a problem in the upper neck. Mm-hmm. So you know and this is the, these home devices that came about were like uh, the, the Dakota traction unit and the Kennedy traction unit and then everybody else jumped on the bandwagon because they saw that these were you know good home units to, to sell to chiropractors to resell to their patients but nobody put in proper inclusion and exclusion criteria for when to use these and when not to use them. And this has created the situation that, Dr. Fred, you, you've uh, addressed here, and that's what this podcast is is about. So I'll turn it back over to you for some uh, other comments, and then we'll keep going.
1: Anything you want to add, Joe? No, uh,
0: that's right on. I mean, the, the biggest uh, thing that I have I've heard so oftentimes, like you said, Fred, was quite simply, uh, while I tried traction, I went to – a CPP doctor and, and it didn't work, or they'll say they went to a Pettibon doctor and it didn't work. And I look at it and say, well, first off, I always look up the doctor and see when the last time they went to a seminar, and it's usually about 10 years ago. Um, and then I I, I mean, I take x-rays of the thoracics, and that's what I teach to you know, my intern and my associate doctor is you got to look there, you got to x-ray the whole spine. And you see oftentimes they just missed it. They they missed what, and the the neck is never going to respond unless we address that because they're putting them on the the uh, Dakota traction at home or they did and wondered why their neck didn't change and then the, usually your first response is patient is complaining yeah I did that type of traction and it killed me it was the worst pain I've ever felt before between my shoulders and you, you know they'll make mistakes where they'll they'll put such a flexible female on a on a on that type of traction with a kyphotic neck and. We know now when we teach in our seminars that, you know, there's specific applications of that traction that that's not indicated for a kyphotic neck with a, you know, minimal anterior head carriage.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Fred, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the thing about that. the beauty of that on the other side is and why a lot of people used it, it was because it was easy. And the problem is it's easy and it's effective for one type you know, and that, and what percentage of patients need that. And so the thing is, when we, when we get into the purpose and philosophy of this, you know, obviously chiropractic was started with spinal correction. I mean, B.J. Palmer had MDs working for he would test people's blood, he'd fix their spine and have MDs testing again. So I think that means that uh, every chiropractor should have an MD, don't you think? Yeah, that's <laughs> we, Yeah, if we go back, I'm just playing like a little toy. So, you know, the next thing is, you know, when you look at, there's so many people waving that subluxation flag and I waved that flag, you know, I didn't have a problem sitting on an orange crate with a megaphone waving the subluxation flag, yet I think the challenge is we have so many people that wave that flag, but, but won't even do some really basic things that can correct the spine. And we're not, we're, you know, Power United is not about having everybody be a CBP certified doctor but there are some very simple tools that you can use that can make significant correction. We'll talk about the general and even Merriman's exercise. And I think the point here is that when you understand posture and, and how the brain wants to balance the body and you see the normal coupling patterns in posture, if you can just look at someone's posture and understand where that primary problem is and how the rest of the spine adapted, that you could use a mirror image exercise and literally reverse that and see significant change on x-ray. You can have someone use the dental roll. So to, so to take the time to learn posture and the coupling patterns and some x-ray, and even if you don't have a full rehab center in your office, to have people doing exercise, laying on a dental roll at home. You can get some major structural changes and, more importantly, really teach people what Optimal Spine Optimal Health is and really deliver a service and a level of health that you could turn their whole life around and turn disease around with some basic things.
2: Yeah. What would you guys say to that? Well, there's several things, and um, hopefully I don't create some confusion in the order that we're talking about here in the listener, but I got – several comments to make, as usual, and then back to the, the one of the main issues that Dr. Fred just mentioned, which is posture and coupling. First of all, I mean, one of my main irritants is that chiropractors use the term corrective care inappropriately. Now, I'm a huge fan of, of chiropractic, traditional chiropractic, and I value all types of chiropractic, and I'm not just saying that. I really do. Everything's got its place. But if you're going to call yourself a corrective care chiropractor, you better step up to the plate and correct the spine. I mean, that's number 1. So let's get that out of the way. Doctors that, you know, use postural screenings and use an x-ray to sell the patient on corrective care and then never follow through with that. To me, I really I really think that's a major problem with the profession. Don't use that. That's like the bait and switch and it's not to condemn what you're doing as a treating chiropractor it's to say sell them on the functional side of it and the adjusting side of it don't sell them on the corrective care side of it so let's get that out there and then to to go back to the cervical curves with with traction you know now with extension traction nowadays we have at least four or five primary types of extension traction or spinal remodeling devices. And they all do different types of force application. They have different inclusion and different exclusion criteria. And unfortunately, the doctor needs to kind of have experience with all of them because you never know when the patient that is a candidate for one is gonna come in your office. Or maybe they're they're not a candidate for the one that you have. So you have to have multiple pieces of equipment to be able to, to, to do the job as a true corrective care chiropractor. So that that's number, uh, that's the, the second point. Uh, and then, you know, what you have to realize is that each extension traction device, you can modify the setups in it and you can alter multiple different types of curves and posture with it. So our, our colleague, Dr. Don Meyer, who I always say this, and I just I love saying it because it's true, we all call him Inspector Gadget because the guy makes great little products and great devices that fill a niche or void in, in uh, changing the spine. And what he did uh, several years ago after he, he saw what we were doing in the cervical rehab seminar, he wrote a real nice paper and asked me to, to be an, an author on it, and it was on 16 major subluxation categories or types of the cervical curve. And so if, if you consider that, that paper, the title, 16 types of cervical abnormalities just for the neck curve, what that tells you is, hey, it cannot be a one-size-fit-all. So that, that's a major point. And then now back to what Dr. Fred is really getting at is uh, the, the postural contribution to spine displacement. This, this is a huge thing that... We can, we can kind of dumb it down and keep it simple, but you do have to learn the details with it. Every single posture that you can adopt in the normal situation without pathologies and instabilities, in the normal situation, every posture has a unique pattern of spine displacement. And it's the chiropractor's job or the corrective chiropractor's job to know what those patterns are. Because from those patterns arise the understanding of what you're going to do to correct it. And if you see the relationship between simple postural displacements and how the spine behaves, then intervention strategies become, I think, quite obvious and quite common sense when they're shown to you. You just reverse the posture with different types of approaches. The problem arises when the spine behavior is not matching the... uh, the the given postural displacement and that does happen with injuries and and anomalies and and uh, different uh motor problems and just maybe prolonged uh, postural habits where the spine is deformed into large displacements that you know normally wouldn't occur with what we call simple elastic bending or stretching and then you know complex conditions like scoliosis or are really, you know, that's the understandable condition where the spine doesn't really match the posture. But just to make this tangible for the doctor, so they kind of get where we're exactly going, consider the posture of uh, anterior head translation or forward head carriage. Everybody's pretty familiar with this and the impacts that this has on human health and well-being now. But the problem is still most people don't understand what that posture actually does to the spine. If we assume that the spine starts with a piece of a circle as the cervical lordosis, where each segment has a, an approximate six to eight degrees of extension relative to the one below. When you translate your head forward, the lower neck will flex from about C5 to T1, and it'll straighten out those segmental extension angles of six to eight degrees to where the, those angles in the lower neck will be less than that. And then above above, the C4, C5 joint, joint, we get extension to where we'll see a mild either hyperextension or normal extension of the upper cervical spine and the mid-cervical spine. But the key is the lower neck is flexed. It's not a true cervical kyphosis. It's not a true straightening of the neck. What you'll see is you'll see like a mild hypolordosis in the overall curve, but you'll see flexion low and extension high. Now, now, that's consistent with the posture of anterior head translation. When you see that posture, you cannot do extension spinal remodeling traction. It's inappropriate. The, the posture is not extension, it's translation. And so you've got to do things like mirror image adjusting, mirror image exercise. Uh, head weighting is a great thing to do for the, the flexible candidate that... You know, when you put the head weight on, their their posture retracts nicely and corrects. The problem arises is when the person does not have those normal uh, spine coupling patterns where the head might be forward, but let's say the person actually has a, a uh, mid-cervical kyphosis and you, you try to do posterior head translation procedures to them, you're going to make them worse. So th- that's just a nutshell of the uh, the implications, if you will, and then the application of of the, the relationship between posture and the spine. I think that's really what you're getting at, Dr. Fred.
1: Yeah, I was much more general and I apologize because definitely, like you said, the spine doesn't act or react with other variables and, and normal patterns. And the point being is, well, we're all here because we certainly believe that everybody should should do everything they can to be able to fix the spine. and. And one thing that I know, and I may not make a bunch of fans on this statement, but when you do get complicated conditions like scoliosis and you use traditional chiropractic, you're going to make them worse, at least be responsible to affirm out that people that have done the work and they have done their homework when you have complicated conditions. And the challenge is we want more patients when in reality, things that are de- that deeds talking about. We some people have no business treating. And and it's not that we're not good enough, it's just know the condition and know what you can apply and do what's best for the patient. So you know that's kind of off on a tangent. The the point being is, and I think a great point that you made, Deed, was that there are, you know, you have conditions, there are several tractions, and no matter what your square footage is, you can you can put Uh, a few things in there and not take up that much room. You know, there's a lot of people that have roller tables on there. Well, is that gonna get curve correction? I mean, I could put a two-way traction in there instead. So if you look at, or some people that do electric muscle stem, you know, that takes a bench and and enough room that you could put, you know, if you needed a regainer chair or a universal traction or a poke two-way. So if you really look at what you're already doing, you can replace things with different types of tractions that can actually get curve correction, rather than you know a table just to lay on ice. I mean that's important, but when you have limited space, they can lay in an ice bag pack at home if they need to and put them in a traction.
0: Yeah, and one thing, uh, Fred, if I can interject too, <clears throat> like you were saying, if the if the DCs not as proficient as they should should be. Um, on, on the path to learning and until they become very proficient and just in a good practice, um, I think that it goes back to x-ray. If you put the person in the correct position, especially in the sagittal plane, you'll see the, what the coupling pattern should be and you can address it and change your inter- intervention. And, um, you know, one of the great uh, tools that I have at my disposal down the street is a, a motion x-ray, a DMX. and. A lot of times I'll have uh, Dr. Postlewaite, I'll have him mirror image the person in different positions if it's a complicated case or if they have a very large anterior head carriage. A long time ago before we worked this out, I would have him do uh, chin retractions beyond just doing flexion extension so you could see the effect on the neck. And a person that doesn't have a DMX, they could do it simply with, with static films. And then, of course, you know, I, I think, and you can d- discuss this a little bit in the impact, Fred, because, you know, I picked this up from you. I always did it from a, a research, research perspective, but using the Denterol as a stress test device, an orthotic on, on cervical uh, a placement, I think, is fantastic, both from a management standpoint, but to truly see, do we have it in the correct position? Is this the right height of the Denterol? Um, you know, it answers a lot of questions. Do you have anything that you'd like to add to that?
1: Well, one thing that we teach in our management group is, and I talked about this with you guys, is we have the statement, the dumber you are, the more effective you'll be. And that's why on day two, you know, we show the person the problem, they repeat back to us what their problem is, which is so important because it doesn't matter what you say, it matters how they feel about what you say and what they say back to you. So, Once they can prove to you, they really understand the true detriment of a subluxated posture that's having on their health, then they're always want to be, doc, can you help me? You know, and even though they're still, they still may be thinking pain, the point there is to say, I don't know. And if you really want to be clinically certain, and this is one thing I learned from you, Joe, is put them on a dental roll and x-ray them on a bench laying on a dental roll. Now you can see that change. And you can pretty much guarantee the result. I mean, if they do it, then that thing will change their spine. Indeed, you've done enough pre and post x-rays on those things, both of you guys, that show when patients do it, that is a powerful tool for getting curve change. So now you can prove it to them, to them with something objective because the probability is they've been to another chiropractor that call themselves corrective care doctor and may not have proven those results. Yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, it's
2: not just the cervical dental roll that you can take these stress films on. You can do it with uh, uh, the, the dental roll compression extension devices. Uh, you can do it with the lumbar and the thoracic dental roll devices because they are, you know, they are foam. And they're, they're not going to, uh, you know, interfere with your x-ray. And you're going to be able to see the spine. The other thing is it's just like taking a stress film with a head weight on. So you can see is the head weight a reasonable application to change this person's posture and the shape of their spine, not just the posture. You got to change the shape of the spine. And then one, one other thing that I, I want people to know, the doctors out there, Hey, maybe you're new to CBP or maybe you just don't think you want to dive into, you know, full corrective care devices in your office. That that's absolutely okay. in, in today's day and age, we're lucky. We, we, you know, compared to what we had 10 years ago, we didn't have the proper home spine corrective orthotics to really be able to do a lot of what the in-office devices did. And now we have a whole line of orthotics and not just the dental I-, I mean, other things too, where you can send people home with these devices and manage and monitor them appropriately, as long as the device is right for them the results are generally going to be pretty decent. And that that's not to, to say that I don't think you need to be doing in-office in office extension traction and corrective care. Personally, I think that that's the way to go. But I know that if we want to reach the masses of doctors out there wanting to do corrective care, we have to make the proper home orthotics available to them to where most people will respond to some extent. And nowadays we have those devices. We have great head weighting, body body weighting procedures from uh, Dr. Don Meyer and circular traction. The Pettibon group has some of those available for Pettibon practitioners. Uh, Don Meyer has uh, the cervical remodeling collar uh, from circular traction, and, and that does a lot of nice extension traction setups. Uh, Don Meyer has a, 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 a neck curve exerciser now. And then, of course, CBP carries the... Uh, uh dental product line, which is for the entire spine if the person matches the, uh, those particular setups. so nowadays there's there's no reason not to be a corrective care chiropractor.
1: Well, I would agree one hundred and ten percent and like you said, Deed, you know we know that some people aren't going to go there, and I think what's really important also to know is on the Kyrie United. Website, Carinated.com. You just filmed an hour and a half DVD on different applications of the roll You want to talk about that for a minute?
2: Yeah, you know, it it blows me away how much one simple product, the 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 original cervical roll and I don't mean the extension compression part of it. I mean just the original cervical roll It it took me an hour and a half to go through the proper indications and contraindications to using that device, uh, you know, and sometimes I'm shocked by that. But then I think about it, and I go, well, I, I guess that's really what it takes to really go through who is supposed to use this device and who is not supposed to use this device and then how we actually use it and monitor the patient with it, uh, you know, I I quite frankly enjoyed, you know, giving that presentation, even though it's difficult to do a video, which when it's just you and the videographer, but you know, one of the things that um, in addition to learning how to use that dental roll and who, who it's for, and I'll give you a few little tidbits out of it in a second, you, you'll get a part on there where I kind of got up on my, uh, my high horse and my table and my podium, and I kind of said something to chiropractors that some of them may not like, and it went like this. If you're going to recommend this device to your patient for correction of the cervical lordosis, then you better make sure you have a good neck curve, too. Because if, if you're, yeah, if you're selling corrective care to your patients, but yet you're walking around with a reverse cervical curve, that's a little bit of an ish- issue for me. So I think chiropractors need to get on this device and get corrective care. And hey, you know what, in, in a chiropractor's defense, maybe they, they didn't know how to solve the problem. Maybe there's not somebody in their area, but now... If you're a candidate for the dental roll, buy one for yourself and get on it. Use your case as a testimonial in your office. Patients will love that when they see your neck up there or your family's neck up there or one of your office staff's neck up there. They need to know that you're practicing what you preach.
0: Yeah, I think that's really powerful, Deed, is having your office staff have some pre posts because your staff, they know it. And a lot of times the patient will go up to the staff, well, did you really do it? Like, you know with my one of my front desk girls you know she was one of the original cases that I didn't believe you when you said hey Joe this is gonna work out great and I said yeah we've tried home traction and I tried it with her and we had the pre post uh, motion x-rays on top of the regular x-rays that showed an amazing change almost su- such that I could not believe the results were my my patient and you know my front desk girl and uh, you know a lot of people you know, say, compare the Denterol to the posture pump, which posture pump is a good um, device, but the denerol is very much more aggressive. And did you want to talk about that since patients or excuse me, doctors always have questions on the comparison between the two and the applications on when we would use a posture pump, when we would use a denerol and that type of thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, the dental roll, first of all, on the video that we just did on Chiropractic United, which is, like Dr. Fred said, uh, Dr. Joe, it's an hour and a half uh, video. I mean, it's worth, it. I personally think it's worth, uh, you know, a whole seminar price. Uh, but essentially, you know, we give it away to the members on there for a pretty good deal. Uh, the the, dent, the cervical dental roll should be used primarily in cases that, Number one, have less than 50 millimeters of anterior head translation on the X-ray. And if you don't know how to make that measurement, you gotta, you got to learn how to use it and, or learn how to do it and check out some of the CVP seminars, textbooks, or maybe future uh, videos on Chiropractic United. Uh, number two, the person has to have loss of the cervical curve. okay, And then number three, they have to have an upper thoracic kyphosis that's either A, within normal limits, or B, reduced or hypokyphotic, And the way we make that measurement on a lateral cervical, you can cheat and you can use the C7 or the T1 posterior body margin relative to vertical. Those, Those numbers, the C7 body margin and the T1 body margin relative to vertical should be in the mid to lower 20s. If you're more than like 25 degrees of flexion from from vertical at the C7 or T1 body, then that's indicative of an increased upper thoracic kyphosis. And then the denarol cannot be used because the, the device, when you lie on the floor and use that device in the neck, it increases the upper thoracic kyphosis. That's what it's designed to do. So in cases that have rounding of the shoulders that are really significant with an increased thoracic hyperkyphosis in the upper region, you can't use the denerval. And and on the, on that subject matter, you can't use the posture pump either because it's quite similar, not the same but similar to the denerval force. The posture pump is a great tool to start somebody out on that, number one, has a lot of pain and can't do extension, traction, spine remodeling. Uh, Number three, maybe they have radiculopathy every time they try to go into extension. And so the posture pump's a really nice device where they can inflate the pressure to their tolerance in in the air bladder, and they can hold it and then let it down, and, and that gets some motion in the joints, and it starts the process of extension and spinal remodeling into the lordosis. The problem is that in my opinion, and and we've done comparison deep uh, video motion X-rays on people to prove this, it's not tall enough to actually change the shape of the curve in the average subject. And then it's also not specific enough. It doesn't have a specified fulcrum. It's more of a rounded bolster. So while it's great initially to start extension and, and start the person on the process and getting them through some of their pain and it's good for the discs, it, it really is not the appropriate tool to change the cervical lordosis. And I say this in the, the nicest way and out of respect because I've, I, I have posture pumps in the practice. We sell them to people, and I think doctors need to use them. But when I've just used that device to change the cervical lordosis as the sole means of corrective care, I, I've never really achieved consistent results. In fact, me personally— and other people might disagree with this. The biggest post x-ray change I've ever gotten on a posture pump alone was eight degrees.
0: Yeah, mine was more about five degrees on, on average. I mean, consistently about five degrees. But I mean, if you look at some of those, like the, the videos, uh, especially with uh, uh, Brooke's neck, that my front desk girl, I think I, ha- I have that up on YouTube. If you search for Ideal Spine or Deneral and Ideal Spine, you'll you'll hit that video. The the change her pre post was amazing. She went from a kyphotic neck to you know upwards I think mid 30s in a lordosis, and I mean it was pretty amazing. But when you see her over that the the dental orthotic, um, you can see why she got those changes. Right amazing.
2: That- and that's on the roll versus the posture pump. But again, um, it's not condemning the posture pump. It's a good tool for what it does. It's just it's not tall enough, and it doesn't have the specified fulcrum to be able to make the changes. And the, the denaroll, I mean, the biggest change we've gotten with it is in the 40 degrees as a true post X-ray. And I don't mean somebody lying on their back on the denaroll compared to their pre-X-ray. I mean, that's after, do, yeah, it's a legitimate post after doing the denaroll for you know eight to ten weeks and then waiting at least a day sometimes a week later and shooting a post x-ray yep. seeing what it looks like
0: and that that's well, also of just doing that too like uh, on those cases i guess i have to learn the hard way not believing you and I had to test it all on my own with with some patients that volunteered just to do home traction you know most of them want to do as, as much as possible in the office as well too but combining that that too, when you use the denerol appropriately, whether or not for the lumbar or thoracic, uh, if it's a compression uh, denerol or if it's a, the original denerol orthotic, when you match that with the original traction setups in the office, which is much more vigorous, and you use the the orthotic on the off days, that the changes that we used to take us six months, we can get in three months now, or you know eight weeks sometimes. It's pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think I'm going to pull back out of the forest a little bit and give the bigger picture here because this is the reason we have Chiropractic United, is because there are people out there that, you know, maybe they haven't attended seminars. We're not asking people to be CBP certified. And posture has been around for a while. I mean, they've done their marketing. But guess what? Times change. I mean, would BJ Palmer be doing the same thing now if he was alive that he did in the 1930s or 40s? So you know, things are evolving, and that's what Car Chiro- United is about. Is about giving you the opportunity and the information to be able to go to your patients and make bigger changes easier than has ever been made in the chiropractic in the history of the chiropractic profession. You have the best opportunity to really learn how to make significant changes without really working that hard. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work hard. I think everybody really needs, as a chiropractor, I believe that's our responsibility is restore our patient's health through uh, optimal spine and posture. Yet, you know, Chiropractic United, that's why we're here, is to bring this out to you, give you the research that supports it, strengthen your case, and give you the confidence that you can communicate this in a report of findings and show a patient objectively so the general public can really learn what chiropractic is about. And in and, and my opinion, the only way to do that is to give you the research, give you the tools, and give you every opportunity for you to be the best doctor you can be and really deliver the truth of chiropractic. And that's why we do this every week.
2: Yeah, that, that's right. And you know what? We, we've covered quite a few topics, and I'd just like to touch on one more. Um, and we do have a guest speaker coming up, Dr. Tom Nacella, from the strategic chiropractor. And he's going to talk to us about appropriate billing from the insurance and the documentation side for using home orthotic devices like the dental roll and head weighting and things like that. But until Tom gets on, I mean, there, there's doctors out there that don't want to bill insurance, uh, Dr. Fred. So what what do you teach these doctors to do in terms of getting the the home orthotic devices that the patients need as part of their corrective care program how do you get the doctors to learn how to you know forgive the term but it is selling them this this home care device because it does enhance their results and the doctor can't eat the price of that the doctor has to make number one make their money back on the product but make their money back on teaching the patient how to use the product because that takes time so how do you, how do you do that in elite coaching
1: well, let's kind of go with the foundation here. You know, the thing is, CBP and the dental, and that's how. People buy why. And what you really need to do, everybody, is really get that why. And it's not about neck pain and back pain. The American public spends more money out of pocket every year for things insurance doesn't cover to get healthy. And chiropractic is the best health anti-aging system possible. Anti-aging is driving the market. Uh, The gross national, one of the things driving gross national product is just that we haven't known how to communicate it. And that's really right from the consultation, understanding people, patients understanding how subluxated spine and posture is affecting their organs, is affecting their overall health, and then doing it through a workshop. So a dental roll is how. When a patient buys why, they have an emotional reason for buying why, they'll buy anything that you want to buy. A dental roll, they'll buy dental rolls for the whole family once they get it. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, Deed, but from a management perspective, that's one way. The next thing is on day two, when they're already hooked on their organ problems, on day two, you lay them on a dental roll. Once they understand what that loss of the curve in the neck means, or the loss of the thoracic or the lumbars, whatever uh, application you're using, and then you can say, okay, we can fix this, but I need to see how you're going to respond, where the placement is, and you know, if you're an appropriate candidate. And so you put them on a dental roll and you x-ray them, and you see those changes. Now they have something objective. And that is the most powerful tool, training CBP docs and Petabon docs. And it's been interesting, indeed, because, you know, we, I started working with you three years ago before you really had the roll. And, uh, you know, I'd done tons of stress tests with uh, Petabon people on head weighting. But now the CBPers, even you, Joe, yep. are using the Denterol stress test. And it is amazing the response that patients give When they see that corrected x-ray, they start reaching for their pocketbook.
0: If you remember, Fred, when you were down in my office and we took one of my my girls and my CAs and put her in there because she just started with us and she had neck pain and headaches. And she could not believe that that was her neck. Do you remember her saying, Doc, is, is that my neck? Are you sure that's my neck? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe that's my neck.
1: I think she had a slight kyphosis, that's didn't absolute,
0: she? Yes, she did. And it went back to a, a, almost a perfect textbook lordosis. Oh, it was beautiful.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is when you look at that again, you know, she was in disbelief that that was even her, that she had that much change. Now, when you get a patient that sees that, so that's where we say, you know, the dumber you are, the more successful you're going to be because you're not going to try and talk them into care. You're going to say, hey, I don't know. Yeah. We have to do an additional test and
0: it, and it holds them accountable too. I have to say, you know, if if they start missing visits and they're not using the orthotic at home, you know, when you take that post x-ray on them, they know they and they'll they'll be the first ones to say if they didn't get as much change as what they what they saw on the general, you know, they're going to be the ones that bring it up, you know, Doc. Yeah, I didn't do it as much. You told me to do it every day that I wasn't in the office. And, you know, I only did it two days out of the the week when I wasn't at your office. They actually will have some accountability. And I have to stress, too, as a doctor, you have to know, is that the correct position? Because I am still, and I know CBP quite well. I'm surprised sometimes that you know, the placement of just an inch makes such a big difference on how much curve is affected and where the curve is affected with using that orthotic. So I think it's a powerful, not only for the patient, but especially for the doctor. Even when they think they know what they're doing, they need to know and see it sometimes to see, yeah, you know what, I saw that we can get better, let's move it down at an inch into the, you know, their upper thoracics to get more curve or move it up into the mid-neck. To get a change so i think it's really powerful that way
2: yeah and just you know just in case there's some patients listening to this too and doctors it's not just about selling a product to a patient you know you got to consider this that device is changing the shape in their cervical spine and it may be the potential factor that improves their overall health condition the other thing is if the patient will use it appropriately It may save 10 to 20 or 30 visits to the chiropractor. So if if you look at the chiropractic adjustment being valued at $100 a visit, we're we're talking about thousands of dollars of going to a chiropractor's office because they purchased an appropriate home orthotic. And the chiropractor, again, they're taking their time. They're taking a stress x-ray. They're analyzing it. And you know what? They need to get paid for their, their time. Unfortunately, that's just the way healthcare and everybody's time is, is worth. So it blows my mind that that patients, I've had patients call the CBP office, and my office knows how to answer these questions, and if I'm at, at, out there, I'll answer them. And they'll say, well, my doctor tried to, to sell me the dental roll for $500. And I say, well, that's a steal. Because if you're if you're a candidate for it, that probably saved you five thousand dollars in future visits to the chiropractor, and it probably saved you who knows how much money in prescription drugs for your whatever pain you have. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. th- that's the thing. It's it's about improving the person's health in the end. But doctors, we also need to get paid for our time and our understanding. So. Uh, I really appreciate the the comments on that, guys. I think that's appropriate.
1: Yeah. Well, let's go one step further. Sorry, Joe. And what's our responsibility as a chiropractor? Is our job to put a curve in their neck? Or is our job to teach them how to have optimal spine, optimal health for life? You know, I mean, I used to joke around when I practiced, and once people were in, I would say there's four reasons that you don't come here. I move, you move, I die, you die. And I have a good curve in my neck, so I'm going to be around for a while. So the thing is... You know, people move, they change jobs. I mean, I practiced in three different states and now I coach and don't practice. But out of those thousands of people, how many times in a lifetime can a person lose their curves? And if you can teach them how to use a dental roll, then, you know, obviously they need to get x-rayed and things like that. But the goal is we're we're teaching them a lifestyle. We're not teaching them how to put a curve in, in their neck right now. We're not here to help them save themselves right now. We're teaching them to live a different life. And I think that's what's so important. And one of the things we do on our management group is our, we teach our doctors to help patients set 30-year health goals, not get out of pain, not put a curve in your neck, but what life do you want to live? And now I'll show you how to live that life. And number one, that's their emotional reason for care is their idea. And that's why, um, you know, our clients get paid so well. It's interesting. I'll just say one more thing real quick because you had Vince Camino, the financial planner who works with several different management groups. And this weekend, last weekend in Park City, he said his mind was blown at how successful elite clients were financially. And it's not about the money. What it is is about teaching people how to stay healthy for life and helping them get a vision of their lifelong health. You know, it says where there's no vision, people perish. Well, where there's no long term vision in your practice, your patients leave. And then how do we feel as chiropractors when they leave? Did we teach them how to stay healthy for life? And that's what the dental is about.
0: Yep. Absolutely. How's that? Yeah. That's- Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And you, we're not
0: saying that a, a patient doesn't need to see and have a chiropractor for, for life. This just enhances their ability to recover because we know that the patient needs to come to, just like if you have a dentist, you have a dentist for life. Patients understand that. Um, if you don't have a good dentist, you find another. If you don't have a good chiropractor, you find another one. But once you land with that good chiropractor, if you can't treat you know, on supportive and maintenance care, boy, oh boy, does the home orthotics really fill a void.
2: Yeah, that's right. And you know what, guys? I've really enjoyed this, and I love it. But these everybody listening needs to know that it's uh, eight eleven on Tuesday night PM, and Dr. Deed hasn't eaten yet. And I just, I just got.
0: Deed, you want to say what time it is over here in Florida?
2: I don't. I don't care about Florida time. You've already eaten. I just care that my dinner's ready and it's getting cold.
0: All right. Well, in closing, uh, because obviously we do this every week. I just wanted to shamelessly plug that we're going to be in uh, California next week, Deed. Uh, did you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah,
2: we're going to be uh, in Anaheim at the, uh, the uh, I believe it's Hyatt the Regency. Hyatt, Hyatt, Hyatt Regency Anaheim. Thank you. I forget some of the hotels sometimes. Because it's every March weekend 12th, or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, March 12th and 13th, and we're going to have a great event. Uh, we're doing the C V P uh intermediate and introductory course called the basics of cbp x-ray and postural analysis and 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 going through some of the technique and then we have sole supports doing a formal biomechanical uh, certification training for abnormalities of of the foot that affect uh, postural problems in in the foot knee hip and uh, through the spine so they're going to be doing a session with us so it should be a great event and dr fred's going to be there he's going to be talking about initial report of findings and and communication of the points of of the cbp seminar into to the patients and you know how to how to actually get your office up and going with cbp and corrective care i mean you you yeah. got you got to learn the management side of this too and so that's what dr fred's going to be doing there uh and then and march well,
0: march 18th and 19th we have a hands-on but that's very limited uh space available that's in Washington, D.C. on the other side of the country. So I get to take a, an hour and a half flight. while well, you, you guys both get to fly across the country.
1: Yep. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Also want to give a plug, sorry, for um, Elite. We have a boot camp, a report, report of findings boot camp this weekend in Salt Lake City. But even more importantly, by the time you get that, we have a report of findings boot camp in April in Salt Lake City. And we're going to be talking about a lot of the stress testing how to give a report, using the things that we've talked about tonight, as well as setting long-term goals, getting people to really commit and be emotionally committed to 30-year goals that uh, once they do that, man, that prepave, it is a lay-down deal. So those are things we're going to be covering the first weekend in April in Salt Lake City in a boot camp. Wonderful. All right,
0: guys, so I guess we'll close, and then we will be uh, starting this up again. And hopefully this will be in the the feed. I'm really trying for Wednesdays to have it in the iTunes feed. So I wanted to thank you guys for coming out and doing this again. Indeed, I think it's time for you to go eat.
2: Yep, all right. Good night, guys. Thanks, you guys. Good night, everybody uh, listening on iTunes. We love you.
1: Thank you. love you. Take care. Bye.